you have really good ideas. And I know sometimes you might feel like, no, I'm not a songwriter, I'm not an artist, I don't do this full time. I don't really get a lot of likes on my Instagram posts. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your ideas, whether you share them with the world or not, whether people see the beauty in them or not. You are creative, you were created to create, and you have really good ideas. I hope you know that. Good morning, good night, and good welcome to the Jamie Grace Podcast. What's up? I'm Jamie Grace, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show where we bridge the gap between pop culture and mental health, and we talk about the things that we love and how they have made an impact on who we are today. Today's episode is a special episode because it's less of one of the more pop culture-related episodes and more of a little bit of my story and hopefully connecting with your story as well. I truly do believe what we heard in the intro that we were all created to create. And if I'm honest, I am using this episode as a little bit of a launching pad for myself. Um, I am running through many things in my mind. I have ADHD, so I'm always running through many, 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 many things in my mind. But especially today, I'm preaching at um, church next weekend at a church here in Arizona. It's called The Grove. It's here in Gilbert, Arizona. You guys can totally come if you want to. It's on the 26th or 25th, whichever one is that Sunday. Um, And that's what I'm sharing on, created to create. And so I was sitting here and I was like, I need to record my podcast, but I also need to get ready for next Sunday. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to make them the same thing. And I'm really excited to mix those together. Of course, just like any classic mom night here at my home, if you guys know anything about me, then you also know that I have an awesome two-year-old and she is sitting next to me at my desk right now. She is creating, she is coloring. She's going through one of my notebooks where it has a lot of notes in it, but they're notes that I don't really need anymore. And she's got some markers and she's going to town. So if you've heard that already, then uh, now you guys know what that sound is. If you haven't heard it, then it's just me wondering if you can hear it. Uh, So I guess I'll see when I go back and edit this episode. Um, I started creating when I was about her age. I was literally one, two years old. I mean, maybe, oh, I don't know how you could be too much younger. I don't know, but I've always been creating. I've always been drawing. I've always been singing. I've always been dancing. And I am admittedly not exceptionally talented in all of those areas. And I would even dare say most of those areas. (laughs) Like I'm not necessarily a visual artist. I'm not in any way a sculptor or a painter like there are so many different things when it comes to design and art and creating that are simply not skills of mine in any capacity I used to feel kind of insecure about that um actually I didn't really start feeling insecure about that until like high school maybe even closer to college because growing up as a kid I mean I just had that kind of absolutely unfiltered hope and joy in things that actually brought me joy. But it wasn't until I actually got a little bit older that I started to realize that people have opinions about art and that their opinions can completely change and shift and alter um, your own motivation to what you'd like to do if you're not careful. For example, I am what most people would uh, say is a terrible dancer, right? (laughs) It's not something that most people would look at me and be like, whoa, what a talent, what a gift. But I love dancing. And 
it can so easily happen that someone picks on you or, or says like, oh, you're not a good dancer or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't even want to do it for fun anymore just because their opinion has now, you know, changed or altered your mindset about it. And we're just, we're not really like that as young kids. We just have this absolute confidence and joy that we can do anything and be anything and create anything because without even being told, we know that we were created to create. We see markers and we want to draw. We see a football or a soccer ball and we want to play a game. Even if we know we only have one or two other people around, we'll convince ourselves that we've got a full team. And if we see nothing as children, well, then we'll imagine something and we'll come up with something because we were created to create. And as children, we act like it. And we don't even, we're, it's not, we're, not even always, we're not even always conscious of it. It just simply happens. Now, most of you guys listening to the podcast, you know a little bit about my story already. You know that when I was nine, I was faced with some health challenges and some health complications. And it wasn't until I was 11 years old that I um, finally, if you will, um, received um, a pretty hefty diagnosis. I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, OCD, ADHD, um, and anxiety. And those four, those four things completely altered and changed my life. I was excited about my diagnosis at first because the idea of just like having answers was, I mean, I think this kind of goes without saying, but um, it was amazing. I was like, oh, cool. Like I have all these odd and intricate um, like symptoms and finally my doctor can tell me what's up. I had dealt with asthma and allergies and some other uh, complications as a child. And for the most part, I mean, it's like, oh, here's an inhaler or here's some medicine that'll help. And so the concept of being sick, going to the doctor, getting a diagnosis, and then going home with a solution um, was a concept that I was very familiar with. However, this diagnosis, I mean, the hype kind of wore off quite quickly because I quickly realized there was no type of solution. I mean, they offered some medicines and some ideas, but there was nothing that was absolute that said, hey, we can get you feeling better for sure. Even though you might even hear Tourette syndrome, like in the news these days, like in certain conversations and it's talked about more widespread on places like TikTok and things. Back when I was diagnosed, I mean, I'm, I'll be 30 this year. So back when I was 11 years old, this was still a very rare situation. There were still times where I would go to maybe like a new doctor or like an emergency room for something or like the dentist. And I would kind of explain like, hey, just so you know, I do have a tic disorder. I have Tourette syndrome. So it might be kind of hard for me to be still most of the time. And they would look at me like, oh, do you curse? Like, oh, is that what's going on? And no, that's not what's going on. People did not know, even in the medical field, did not know what Tourette syndrome was at the time. Um, you guys have to forgive me because I, this episode, I've been recording it since before Isabella went to sleep. Now she is asleep. And so I'm not positive all of what was, uh, is going to be edited out here and there. So I'll give you a brief description, even though you might have already heard one, but I cannot, I can't really tell until I get into editing. But um, basically Tourette is a, a movement disorder, a, a physical condition. Um, sorry, sometimes physical and verbal. You have tics that you can't control. And then OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. And then there's ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And then generalized anxiety disorder, which is 
I mean, the very quick and easy way to explain that is excessive anxiety about almost everything and oftentimes leading to panic attacks and does kind of make it quite possible for me to have other types of associated conditions as well, just due to the severity of GAD and also um, the symptoms that I'm having at that present time. And so dealing with all of this at 11 years old, I mean... It was <laughs> the worst, you know, like I said in the beginning, it was like, oh, yeah, I have this diagnosis. But then all of a sudden um, I had no concept of what to do with it. And I had no idea how I was supposed to use this in my life. You know, ever since I was a kid, I was always such a dreamer. I was always so passionate about, like I said, the arts and drawing and singing but and dancing. But I was also always passionate about the most random things, too. I mean, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to work in the circus. I wanted to be a gymnast. And it just felt like all of my dreams had just come crashing to a complete halt. Um, like there was no possible way that I could ever follow any of those dreams and aspire to be anything more than someone that was sick and in pain and just utterly miserable all of the time. The severity of my tics um, definitely played a huge role in all of this. Um, the amount of anxiety that I dealt with on a daily basis just from being stressed out from having these tics, the amount of anxiety I dealt with from being insecure about the tics and people looking at me funny. My arms and legs were pretty much constantly like always just flailing all over the place my um, head was always moving and I was always hitting things by accident, um, always stretching my neck in, in, in weird ways. And so the severity of what was going on was, was really difficult emotionally and physically and socially um, and spiritually as well. And I, I mean, I could kind of continue to go into that, but just for the sake of this episode, I'll kind of just fast forward a little bit. There was a time when I was about 14 years old and I was in church and I was kind of living my classic life in church, which was where I was sitting there because my family went together. I was sitting there because I enjoyed being there, but I wasn't fully paying attention. I was kind of mentally checked out. I was probably having a pretty rough day with my tics and still kind of in a weird on again, off again situation with most of my friends at church, just because of my differences with my condition, but also my differences with being a like weird homeschooler <laughs> and being the preacher's kid. So I'm in this on again, off again situation. And I remember we sang this song that we literally have always sung at church. And it's from Psalm 30 verse five. And it says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it's fascinating because sometimes you'll be so familiar with something your whole entire life. And then all of a sudden you hear it a different way and it's like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing or I'm so inspired. Even though you know good and well, you have literally seen it or heard it every like single day of your entire life. This was one of the songs at our church that everybody loved and everybody enjoyed singing and so hearing it was not anything new. But it was new for me in that moment because it was like I heard God say, um, or I, I guess I chose to hear God say for the first time, your weeping may in your, your weeping may endure, your weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah. And it was cool because it didn't feel like God was saying, oh, your weeping might last, but I'm going to fix everything perfectly tomorrow and you're never going to cry again. You know, there was no assurance of you're never going to cry again. Um, there actually wasn't an assurance that the crying would stop. <laughs> there was just 
um, not even just, but there was an assurance that the joy would come even if the weeping remained, even if the weeping receded. <laughs> That's not the word I want, but you guys get it. <laughs> Whether the weeping were to continue or end, I knew that God's joy would be present. And that joy, once I caught a glimpse of it, once I understood what that meant, I just had to share it with whoever would listen. I remember feeling so confused and lost years prior, thinking that everything needed to be perfect and everything needed to be better for me to be able to celebrate the life that I wanted and to be able to celebrate the life that I imagined that I could have. And what I mean by that is playing music and spending time with my sister and making friends and learning new activities and learning, picking up new hobbies. You know, I felt like all those things were taken away from me when I got my diagnosis and when I got really sick. I felt like I couldn't do any of those things because I was sick now. And the reality was that I, there were a lot of things that I physically could not do, but that didn't mean that God's joy was taken away from me. Some of my happiness was taken away. Some of my hobbies were taken away. Some of the things that made me feel good about myself were taken away. But God's joy would forever remain. And I had to choose to accept it. It's really cool when you think about it from that perspective, that we don't have to have it all figured out to know that God still loves us. And that brings us joy. We don't have to be completely physically healed to know that God cares about us and that can bring us joy. We don't have to have a perfect day to embrace the fact that we breathed through the day <laughs> and that can bring us joy. We don't have to make a lot of money to realize that we do make some money and that can bring us joy because we know that we can take care of ourselves and our family if that's a part of the story. We don't have to be able to make a perfect family dinner to know that we are able to cook something for our family. That can bring us joy. You don't have to be able to be a gold medal winning, wait, a gold, a medalist gold. How do you say it? An Olympic gold medalist in order to have joy. God, God is saying, I gave you talents. I gave you gifts as an athlete. Are you using them? Do they put a smile on your face? Are you able to teach the kids in your community? Are you teaching your nieces and nephews and your children these skills and things that you already know? Is that bringing you joy? Is that bringing them joy? That, that's me. God is saying that's me breathing life through your gifts and talents and helping you spread joy with everyone that you come in contact with. I truly believe that every single person in the whole world, I believe that we are all created to create when we are filled with the joy of the Lord, it's inevitable that there is something in us that sparks, something in us that shifts, something that changes, that makes us want to create something. And sometimes we kind of, I feel like we can get overwhelmed with like social media culture because it's like, okay, well, what are the hashtags going to be? And it needs to have a name, you know, it needs to have like 
um, you know, a website and a YouTube channel and a TikTok and we got to try to like, you know, go viral with like telling our story or, you know, making our music or whatever. No, it doesn't always have to be that. It, it, it doesn't always have to be at that capacity. Sometimes we create things that not like a lot of people are going to see. Sometimes we create things that no one else is going to see. Sometimes like, you know, we write songs that only our family will hear. We write songs that only our spouse or our significant other will hear. We, you know, draw a picture that will only remain in our home. We sing songs or we choreograph a dance that no one else ever sees, but it brings us joy. That is creating. And that's what we were made to do. That's what we were created to do, to create. So I hope that in many ways, you know, as we all look at the stuff that has thrown us for a loop in our lives, right? For me, it's a major diagnosis that I still battle with sometimes to this day. Or maybe if it's not your health, if it's family relationships or other type of, you know, medical stuff that you're dealing with or um, friendships, whatever it is that you might be dealing with in your life. I hope that for all of us, when we think about those things that kind of are our weeping, if you will, like mentioned in Psalm 30 verse 5, I hope we're also able to continue to rewind, rewind, just to, you know, quote Hamilton, rewind, rewind. I hope that we're able to go backwards a bit and remember who we were as a child when we saw a marker and a piece of paper and we thought of the endless possibilities that we could draw, when we saw a tennis ball or a basketball and we thought of all of the games that we could play, or when we saw nothing and we just imagined up something. Because even in the midst of our trials, there's still that childlike hope and that childlike passion and that God-given joy that reminds us that we were created to create. I talk a lot about um, about Job. He is in the Bible, and it, there's a, a book of the Bible called Job, and uh, he went through a lot of things. <laughs> I, I always tell people, if you're ever just dealing with things, man, just go read some Job. I promise you, you'll either... Well, I won't even spoil it. I mean, I say spoil it like it's like an exciting story to go read. It's a really dark, sad story. But if you like crime podcasts, you'll like the book of Job. And <laughs> I uh, I was reading the story the other day, and there's just one specific like scripture that I really like focusing on when it comes to the book of Job. And it's Job 122. It's the end of the first chapter, which the first chapter by itself is just wild. <laughs> and it says, in all of this... Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So Job is a guy who, and that's the whole verse, Job is a guy who dealt with the worst of the worst things. And in all of it, he never blamed it on God and he never sinned. Now, I want to note that it brings those up as two separate things. So um, if you have ever, like, I know that I've sometimes been in a place of like, oh God, like, how could you let this happen? Like, you know, who did this? Like, they're not, at least the scripture and the, the way that it was just, you know, read and everything, like, it's not specifically saying like, oh, that's sin. Um, I'm not here to say like, <laughs> this is not a theology podcast at all. But what I'm saying is that <laughs> Job faced pain and the Bible is very specifically saying that 
it was not a sin that he was in pain. It's not a sin to be sick. It's not a sin to go through difficult things. It's not a sin to be in pain. There are obviously some things in life that we're not supposed to do, but I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the things that are out of our control. And those things are real. Things that happen with our health, our finances, our family, our friends, our school, our job that we cannot control. But we can choose how we react. And when we're overwhelmed by tragedy, when our minds are flooded with noise, we can choose to say, okay, Lord, like, I, I need you. I need your joy. I need your peace. I need your strength. I need your comfort. Because I'm going through a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> and I am feeling like I'm about to hit a wall. And the only way that I'm going to make it through this is with you. One of the best ways that I have found I connect with God is by creating. It's so fascinating because sometimes, you know, people will ask me things like, what's your favorite song you've ever written? And so often it's songs that you, that you have never heard. And that's not me saying like, oh, I'm a hipster. I've got all these B-sides you've never heard of. But there are some songs that I don't think I'll ever share. Not because I'm selfish. <laughs> not because I'm trying to be mysterious. But because some of the songs I write are so personal and so intimate that they are used um, as my prayers, as my moments with the Lord when I am going through seasons of pain. I also draw a lot of pictures. I do a lot of puzzles. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I have so many random things that I do in the creative space that I don't share um, with like anybody. Sometimes my family, sometimes my friends, but not all the time because you don't always have to share it. There's something beautiful about sharing it, but sometimes you don't have to. And that's okay, too. I just hope that you know that anything that you're going through, God sees you and he knows you and he loves you and he wants to hear from you. And I can't tell you when the pain will be gone and when the tragedy will cease. I, I can't tell you those things at all. But I can tell you that he created you to create. He created you for a purpose. And there is freedom on the other side of whatever it is that you will create. And I'm so excited for you to open that door and to step in to whatever it is God is going to lead you to create. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you some info about one of my favorite sponsors of the Jamie Grace podcast. Y'all, when quarantine first started, I was not very interested in this whole online counseling thing because it made me really anxious. And as someone that has anxiety, I had to figure something out because a lot of things make me anxious. Eventually, I gave it a try, and I have to say that it's been very beneficial for me. So I want you guys, if you need to, to check out Faithful Counseling. Whether you have an anxiety 
diagnosis or you are dealing with the everyday frustrations of life, I can promise you that you will find it beneficial to talk to a counselor through Faithful Counseling. You can go to faithfulcounseling.com slash Jamie Grace to learn more about the very affordable counseling that they have and the four different ways you can communicate with a clinical therapist. And if you'd like, they can incorporate some faith-based things as well into your counseling. Visit faithfulcounseling.com slash Jamie Grace. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash Jamie Grace. I want to make sure that I give a huge thank you to my Patreon community. The Jamie Grace podcast would not be possible without the people that choose to sponsor the show. For $3 or $7 a month, you can sponsor my music, videos, and podcast content. All you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash Jamie Grace or check the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much to everybody on Patreon for supporting the show. And if you want to see how you can join the community, support the show, support my music, and get some exclusive stuff, head to patreon.com slash Jamie Grace. So before I let you go, we are going to take a quiz. And by we, I mean me. I'm going to take a quiz. And you guys can listen. <laughs> you can always visit jamiegrace.com slash quiz if you want to get links to all of these incredibly random quizzes that I just am like borderline obsessed with. Oh, I thought I woke Bella up. I was about to be like, no, I was going to feel terrible. Um, anyways, or you can just listen along. And I think this one will actually be fun because the quiz is literally called You're Definitely a Theater Nerd If You Can Get 12 Out of 16 on this Broadway Lyrics Quiz. I think I'm going to get like a 9 out of 16. I would definitely call myself a theater nerd. Um, but by the standards of the internet, I'm not sure if I can rise to the occasion even though the very first one is because I knew you, I've been changed for good. Is that Wicked or the Phantom of the Opera? Guys, this is Wicked. I totally think that if you guys are Broadway fans, theater fans, you should totally text this, send this to a fellow theater nerd friend and let them know what your score was in this episode and see, um, see who got the most points. But this is like mad easy. It's the hard knock life for us. Is it Annie or Oklahoma? Guys, that's Annie. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Is it West Side Story or The Sound of Music? That is definitely from West Side Story, Sound of Music. <laughs> Sorry, I was way too confident. Okay, um, well, this is easy. I'm going to be the main event like No King was before. Is this The Lion King or Hamilton? Guys, that's The Lion King. All right, we've got, come on, babe, why don't we paint the town? Greece or Chicago? Now, I've actually, um, I have... A quite minimal interest in both of these um, selections, uh, but I'm gonna guess Greece because the word babe just seems kind of oh, it's Chicago. Okay, sorry guys. Um, the next one is Memory All Alone in the Moonlight. Is this from Little Shop of Horrors or is this from Cats? I can definitely say that this is from the very highly communicated about film previously musical theater performance cats <laughs> um but you'd think we had the plague from the way that people keep avoiding this is either sweeney todd or les mis it seems like it would be les mis yes oh that was sweeney todd okay oh i know this one you better shape up because i need a man it's either from greece or hairspray that's definitely from greece 
The next one is In the Rain, the Pavement Shines Like Silver. This is either from Les Mis or Fiddler on the Roof. I'm going to say Fiddler on the Roof because, no, no, no. I'm going to say Les Mis because, because I think a lot of the people in it are poor. So they would be like, oh, they're, it looks like silver. Like that'd be like kind of like a, like an admirationable, what? Thing to say. Yes, I was right. I don't think I was, the reasoning was right, but I was right. Okay. Uh, let it sink back in the ocean. Always the hurricanes blow in. This is either West Side Story or Hamilton. This doesn't seem like a Hamilton-styled lyric, but it seems like a Hamilton theme. I'm going to guess West Side Story. Oh, I was right. Yeah, that didn't seem Hamilton at all. Um, there's one. The next line is pour myself a cup of ambition. This is super easy for me. It's either nine to five or hello, Dolly. And it's definitely nine to five. Like up in the morning, I was little in the kitchen pour myself a cup of ambition. Gonna wait, wait, my tears of wonder. Mm, ah, for anybody that just like heard that, I just wanted to just say for fun, like I get paid to sing. Like what? <laughs> Cancel the shows. Wait. She doesn't have any. Um, okay, the next one is because the world keeps because the world keeps spinning round and round. That's either hairspray or Mamma Mia, but yeah, it's hairspray. Um, I just did an episode a few weeks ago called Five Ways Hairspray Shaped a Generation, so I'm a fan. Then there's uh, and there's um, oh, <laughs> and there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. It doesn't have the just you wait part on here, but it says that it's either from Once on This Island or Hamilton. It's definitely Hamilton. And I think there's, oh, there's like three, okay, there's three more. Nobody ever treated me kindly, father loved early, mama was poor. This is either from Little Shop of Horrors or Rent. I've not seen either of these, but my presumption would be that Rent is more about telling stories and Little Shop of Horrors is about creatures. So I'm going to say Rent. I think I was wrong about all of the above. It was definitely not rent. <laughs> okay, two more. Remember me once in a while. Please promise me you'll try. This is from The Phantom of the Opera and Mamma Mia. I've not seen either of these, and I won't say which one, but one of them I like just don't want to see, and the other one I just haven't gotten around to it. So I'm just going to guess Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I was right. Okay. <laughs> and then last one, 525,000. Really? Really? I haven't even seen rent. Yet I know that it's from Rent and not Oklahoma. I got 12 out of 16. Wait. Yeah, it said that I'm definitely a theater nerd. And I mean, y'all, BuzzFeed knows theater nerds. Theater nerds. Um, it says, you're actually Andrew Lloyd Webber. Congratulations. You've seen it all from Wicked to West Side Story to classes like Chicago. I have not seen it. You definitely have a pass for Broadway. You understand the ins and outs of Broadway music so well that it might be the time for you to star in your own musical. Well, yeah, I mean, that part's right. I mean, I, I've been trying to tell Twitter for a while. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, that was fun. Let me know what your score is if you guys take this quiz or if you were yelling at me during any of this when I debated what the right answer was. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Jamie Grace podcast. It honestly means the world to me and I'm so grateful that I get to create content. And I'm also so grateful that you guys listen to it. So thank you so much. <laughs> I love to connect with you guys on social media. I'm at Jamie Grace H on Instagram, TikTok, 
all your favorite places, even MySpace. I'm, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Tom. Uh, but yeah, I would love to connect with you guys if you want to say hey. Again, thank you so much for listening. Tell, tell, tell people that they're pretty, <laughs> but not in a creepy way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, bye.